It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Thank you. Thank well, you so much. Whoops. I love applause. It's my favorite part of the show. Yeah. Yes. There's yes. Uh, some of that going on here. Uh, but yes. What about? And yes. Yeah, there's like going to okay. be that. And, and that's right. Exactly. So if they're cuckoo, okay, run for the hills. Cuckoo? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so... You get where we're going okay. here, people. This is this uh, episode. This is, is the cuckoo episode. It's the cuckoo episode, specifically crazy chicks and bad boys. Wow. Are you addicted to chaos? This and is a thing. It's a little bit of a thing. I see it a lot. And um, I'm going to be really honest. I was that. I'm not a crazy chick, but I was definitely attracted to bad boys. At, at one point, so there's a little bit of, bit of me in this. Um, what, what do you th- What do you consider? There's to be a little a bit about me in all of these episodes. If you haven't oh, noticed, of, it's all about you. It, well, on, it kind of. Who ends doesn't up being, know that? Yes. All right. So my first question is, what do you consider to be a bad boy? <sighs> okay, I think a bad boy. When I think of a bad boy, I think of so a player. A player, right? A player, and um, and worse. So it kind of starts with player at, at the very, you know, the most benign version of it. Um, and then it just gets, it gets worse from there. Okay. Uh, how about a crazy chick? Well, let, let's stay, let's stick with bad boys for a second. Okay. So player, you know, and then, and then worse and then uh, abusive, um, manipulative, um, uh, you know, it, it's there's all kinds of levels of it, and bad is uh, could be you know a motorcycle tattoo guy who's just like you know, kind of rough around the edges, or it could be someone that is actually not you know a little um, pathology. There's and I think and the same for crazy chicks. Is there a gangster level there? There's a little bit of gangster. Okay. In a bad boy. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I get why people, women are attracted to them, uh, but the women, uh, is, you know. is there also, okay, let's keep digging. Uh, is there also like a, um, a Neanderthal quality where, you know, a, a, a guy wants to, you know, a hair tugging, he's going to pull the woman by the hair and, you know, kind of be a little chauvinistic. Is that also... Yes. Cons- yes, I th- I think there is there are some women that don't like to be treated very well. Or maybe they do and that's why they are attracted to bad boys. Uh well, what are we talking about? Like sexually sexually uh aggressive it's or your show. You can... <laughs> Okay, well, let's get we're going to get into bed soon, but we're not getting into bed yet. So, uh I we're just sort of defining what is a bad boy and a crazy chick. Okay. Okay, so I can tell you what I, you know, my experience with bad boys are. Uh, and I can tell you why I think 
uh, and I had maybe one 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 sort of sick relationship with a guy that um, that was considered I would consider a bad boy. And I know why I did, and I know why I was attracted to it, because I was at a certain place in my life that um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't feeling very good about myself, and I was vulnerable, and got into something with someone that I knew was wrong, and I was, it was unhealthy, and it was really toxic. Uh, luckily, I got a hold of my senses and got out, uh, but it was rough, and it didn't make me feel very good. And I think that's that's also a part of their their mental manipulation is that they know they are not making you feel very good, and they there's a something enjoyable in in that. It's really a sick dynamic. I mean, I'm not a doctor, although I do play one on the radio. Huh. But that's my take on it. How long did it take you to realize that uh, this was a bad boy and you needed to get out of it? Oh, probably three months in. I saw signs. I saw the red flags. But did you know it immediately, but that was not a turnoff? You know, it was, it, it wasn't, uh, it should have turned me off. But what happened, ended up happening was it became a challenge for me. So I took it on thinking, I'm going to change this guy. And I'm going to heal him. And I'm going to fix him. And, uh, and you know what? It was, uh, not my job to do. And so that's my experience. Um, and I can go on and on and on, but I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to let you I know talk. You <laughs> okay. So tell me about your experiences with crazy chicks. Well, uh, you know, I have uh, dated a, a couple of uh, women in the past that I would consider to be crazy in some levels. And there's many different uh, things that would constitute crazy in my book. And some of them have to do with just uh, nutsy, cuckoo women that uh, act uh, just, uh, you, you just don't know how they are going to act or react. There are some that are uh, have uh, jealous streaks. Uh, I've dated uh, some women that were so incredibly jealous that it made it Im- impossible to carry on normal conversations without that coming up as an issue. Uh, and uh, there's been some stalking and um, just nutty behavior, which makes you really question uh, that quickly. And luckily for me, I was able to uh, extricate myself from it pretty soon after realizing it. But uh, you kind of go through it. And then there's, you know, actresses, <laughs> which uh, uh, an associate of mine used to have a joke about um, if you ever dated an actress have a great two weeks, but then make sure that you do what you can to get out of it first because they will go nuts on you. Now, is that generalizing? Absolutely. But then again, you know, <laughs> there's exceptions, but um, yeah. It, it, yeah, and we know people that um, are attracted to that element. Yes, we do. That crazy, unstable, so it, n- nutty, neurotic. It's, there's, there could be, it could be drama, yeah. I mean, we've been reading up about it and preparing for this show, and uh, there is a, a connotation that crazy chicks equate to being incredible in bed. Well, now that's now we're talking. Well, this is you know. so now. Send, okay, and we will. We're going to get into bed now. So oh, okay. that's okay. not me, everybody. No, it's just not. FYI. I don't. I don't have you breathe like that. No. Okay. No, you don't. I'm very quiet. Except when you're not. 
We okay. <laughs> the walls are thin here. Okay, so that All right. that's so me and Ben. That is more like it. Okay, so yeah. I, um, I, re- I I highly recommend this article in Medium. If you guys don't subscribe to Medium Digest, it you should. It is a just chock full of fantastic articles and blogs about everything, relationships, uh, dating, uh, personal okay. growth, everything. Anyway, I read an article called "Why Do Men Think Crazy Women Are Better in Bed" by Tracy Moore, and she starts off by asking. We're saying there has to be some reason guys put up with the death threats and the constant fits of rage, and that reason is the outstanding, mind-blowing, spectacular sex. While normal girls are sexually restricted by things like morality, sanity, and a sense of right and wrong, crazy chicks have no such restrictions. Okay? Uh, what, what would you say to that? Uh, I would say that is probably very true, uh, and uh, but that is a terrible reason to be involved with somebody because the sex is wild because that you're not always having sex uh that may be you know an hour outside of the day hour out of your day and then you've got 23 hours um to spend with a crazy chick who is still crazy outside the bedroom yes so the article goes on to say the hottest craziest ones the hottest craziest ones in bed were out of their minds in life and that's their hook if you're dating a crazy woman and she's really great in bed, realize eventually that the sex is going to wear off and what's going to be left is literally a woman you'll have to medicate and take care of. Which can be fun for a few hours, but that's not going to last. And okay, and I, I mean, I'll be honest here, since, you know, we're amongst friends and mm-hmm. thousands of listeners. Uh, the crazy guy, that the bad boy that I dated, yeah, there was some um, edge, you know, to the sex. It was edgier. And I think because he wasn't safe, he was not a stable, safe person, which made the sex unstable and not safe, which I guess there is an element of excitement to that. Um, you know, it's, it's again, I'm not, a, I'm not a shrink, but if you're nuts outside the sack... <laughs> Did you just say nuts outside the sack? Yeah, I didn't mean you to say. You should go see a doctor. If I anybody's didn't mean, nuts are outside if the sack. If your nuts are outside your sack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something tells me <sighs> you're going to be nuts inside the sack. Too. Right. Okay. But, uh, I, and again, I, you know, now maybe I'm older, wiser, menopausal. Um, you know, sex does become something else as you, as you get older and, you know, it becomes a beautiful, it should be a beautiful bonding, stable thing. I mean, if there's nothing keeping you from having wild, hot, crazy sex, but I, I just wouldn't want to carry that behavior outside the bedroom. Oh, right. I agree. It's, uh, uh, It should be a beautiful, loving thing, uh, but you have to have uh, uh, the ability to also uh, be wild with your, we can be bad with each other and act like we're, you're a crazy chick, which sometimes you can be, and I can be a bad boy sometimes, but acting like that one, but it's. I'm Jewish, I'm neurotic, (laughs) I mean, by virtue of that, I'm already crazy. Uh, Okay, Um, you know, if you want to, if, listen, I'm very hypochondriacal, that could be considered sexy. Yes. Okay, I'm like I'm lovably cuckoo. How's Let me that? know when that happens. Yes, you know I. Yes, it's so funny. I really am a hypochondriac, and um, I just got a uh, 
an Instagram request from Mickey Fine Pharmacy. You know that. And when I you said get- to Robbie, you know you're a hypochondriac when your pharmacy <laughs> follows you on Instagram. Well, you, you are a VIP to them, so that's uh, very important. I'm a VIP, but I'm not a frequent flyer, okay? Okay. Big, big difference. Uh, we have to go to a break. So who's coming on? We are bringing on, um, oh, he is he's an expert at all this stuff, Dr. Dale Archer. Uh, he knows all about Cuckooville, um, and he's going to break it down for all of you guys, and hopefully we're going to get, you're going to get some help out there. Okay, if you're struggling, if you're suffering, relief is on its way. If you're way. dating a crazy chick or a bad boy. Or if you're in the clutches of a bad boy and you can't get out. And also, if you are one of those two categories but don't realize it, we're, this is going to be important because sometimes, do you think crazy chicks know they're crazy or bad boys know they're bad? That's a great question. I, I think know. bad boys know they're bad more than crazy chicks know they're crazy. But maybe Dr. Archer can talk to that. So we'll be right back after a short break with Dr. Dale Archer. Now, back to Done Being Single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, all right. That's what we're talking drama here, people. It's drama, it's chaos, it's it's nuttiness, it's all of that. And we are bringing on we're bringing on Dr. Dale Archer, M.D., who is a board certified psychiatrist, distinguished fellow of the American Psychiatric Association, excuse me, and founder CEO of the Institute for Neuropsychiatry in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Welcome, Dr. Archer. Yes, welcome. Right. So I found Dr. Archer um, while doing deep research, a deep dive into this. Uh, he wrote a fantastic not, article. Uh, in researching the crazy people. I, I was researching crazy people. Um, <laughs> I, googled, I googled crazy people. Um, and I came across a fantastic article in Psychology Today um, about love bombing, which I loved because I'd never heard that term, and, and I it says so much about um, craziness and how it all kind of gets started and, and how it can be a huge red flag. So, um, Dr. Archer, let, let's talk about love bo- Let's talk about everything, but let's talk about love bombing because um, I see a lot of that happening. Tell us what it is and how it works. Yes, yeah, so certainly love bombing would be an example of a quote-unquote crazy individual. And just in a nutshell, love bombing is when an individual will shower you with an overwhelming amount of affection on and on and on from multiple calls a day, flowers every day, uh, doing special things for you, which on the surface sounds fantastic. I mean, what could be better? It's like, boy, they're really into me. This is so great. But then a pattern starts to develop where if at some point they want you to do something and you can't do it, then all of a sudden everything stops and they're using the bombing with love in order to manipulate and get what they want, which is basically you 100% take you away from family, friends, uh, anyone else in your life and have you be all theirs. So it really has a tremendous pathological component to it. Uh, but it's not really well known, and it's not talked about, and most people initially, when you get into a relationship with a love bomber, you think it's the best relationship you've ever had. 
And it's only as you get further into it that you start to see that there's some problems and there's some issues. But you couple that with the fact that, wow, so great when it's on, am I willing to put up with these few little problems in order to keep the greatness of being showered with this affection? Unfortunately, as time goes on, the love bomber will become more and more demanding. Uh, they will uh, turn on a dime and, and shut everything down. They will disappear from your life for weeks if you do something you that they perceive as slighting them. Mm. So it, it is one of the most pathological of all uh, types of relationships, and it's also one of the hardest to get out of. The good news is that the average person, if they go through it once, then they'll mm. never go through it again because they learn very quickly the one signs and what to look for and... Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that would qualify as a, as a uh, quote-unquote uh, bad boy, bad girl. Actually, I was, I was just thinking that, as you said, uh, they go through it once and never go through it again. It may be an impossible or very difficult thing to break out of that one-time uh, relationship. You may keep falling back into that trap of going back to that person. You, you don't know how to break away from them. No, yeah, it feels it, it's almost well, like what, a Pavlovian dog response where you get you get like um, rewarded and gifts and flowers and gifts and rewarded if you're if you uh, perpetuate a certain behavior and then when it's taken away from you, that's when the trouble begins. Well, it's that, but it's also for the love bomber, it's about power and control, and isolation is a big part of their uh, strategy because. We all can think of people in our life who have been in a bad relationship, and you sit there and you tell them all the reasons why they should not be in it, and they'll say, yes, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. This time it's really over for good, and the next thing you know, they're right back to them. So the love bomber isolates family, friends, anyone who has any significance in your life has to be pushed away in order for them to have complete and ultimate power and control over their target. So as these other people are pushed away, of course, the support system around the individual completely crumbles, and they're no longer able to uh, seek outside advice. Um, and so it becomes you against the world, really, And because the love bomber will belittle you. Oh, you like your friend more than you like me. This relationship is never going to work. You can't see her anymore. And I'm using the heat for the love bomber because the majority of them are men. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it becomes very, very difficult uh, to break away. It's similar in a lot of ways, even though it typically doesn't have a physical abuse component, but it's, it's similar to uh, a physically abusive relationship where the individual keeps going back and keeps going back, and you're going, well, why are you doing that? I mean, you, you see how devastating that is to your life. Um, but they also, the physical abuser also uses the isolation tactic as well to get uh, to get their target uh, without any support. So, Dr. Archer, are, have you uh, encountered commonalities from patients that have been in relationships with a love bomber uh, in which you may be able to share so they will recognize it if something like that is happening? Is there uh, a roadmap of, so, of sorts that they could uh, they come up against and they can say, oh, this, this is what's happening with me? And, well, yeah, I, the answer is yes. I've had um, multiple patients who have been through it. And, 
Yeah, you know, I think that the the interesting part about it is that the roadmap is very, very similar, almost identical in terms of the uh, the love bomber strategy and the individuals that they target. So the you know often the the targets are uh, vulnerable in some way or another. Common target would be someone coming out of a long-term relationship, perhaps recently divorced, um, or going through uh, a family crisis, going through a problem with work, perhaps they got fired from work. So they're vulnerable to start with. So that's, and the love bomber is an expert in being able to uh, suss that out and be able to determine uh, whether a target is going to be susceptible, because obviously everyone would not be susceptible to that. So that's number one is the target. And, the, and there's a vulnerability in the target. Right. Uh, then the, the love bomber's actions are, again, I mean, it's just textbook, and you see it the same over and over and over, where, you know, there was this uh, one uh, divorce woman that I was treating who was older and had uh, older, not like in her early 40s, um, certainly not old compared to me. But, um, and she had been through a, a very traumatic divorce and uh, and was vulnerable. Uh, her uh, mother had recently died, and she met this great guy that she thought was the answer to all of her prayers. And, of course, you know, that's part of the problem is when you're vulnerable and and you're drowning, and it looks like there's a life ring there, and you grab onto it, and all of a sudden you're floating above the water, and you go, ah, finally, I've, I've made it. It's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, thank <clears throat> God this guy came along and has rescued me. And right. then, without realizing, of course, that uh, that's the, just the, the beginning of, of an even worse disaster that so, they're going to be facing. Um. All of this dating behavior or bad dating behavior um, or pathology in dating seems to come from a place of having a high tolerance for drama. I mean, um, you got to, if you're, for every love bomber, there's a woman who loves them. You know, for every um, erratic, crazy chick, there's a guy that digs them. There's got to be, there's, what is the attraction ultimately to drama, why do people? And I'm I I have my own thoughts on it, but I need to ask you because I we see a lot of it, and it's so compelling, and it's so addicting, and it's so sexy and attractive, and I know that it makes people feel alive somewhere. It's like gives them a sense of just sort of excitement and being on the edge. And I want to know where does that come from? So first of all. I think it's important to point out that most of us, most people in life, have had either a crazy chick or a bad boy as a relationship at some point as in their dating life. So that's com- more common than not. However, most of us also learn that, wow, even though the, the excitement and the drama and the, and the sex and the highs were all great, it's not worth the price of the chaos that goes along with it. And so we learn from that, and then we move on. So, and I think that's part of, of growing up. It's learning what uh, successful dating is all about and what you want in a partner and what to look for and what the red flags are. And so 
that in and of itself, that one or maybe two episodes of, of being with a with a crazy uh, chick or a, or a bad boy is not pathologic at all. It's the ones who repeat it over and over and over where you run into an issue. And these are typically people that uh, have uh, very low self-esteem would be the one common denominator that I would put that runs through all of these individuals who are attracted to this uh, chaos and drama. And I Mm -hmm. would couple that with some type of tumultuous childhood. Because when we're growing up, the way we are raised and what we see as children, we define as normal. That becomes normal life. And if that's a very chaotic upbringing that we've had, then when we get older, we seek what we perceive as the way the world is supposed to work. And oftentimes that would be a very unstable individual that would go along with that. And, of course, you couple that with the low self-esteem where we think we don't deserve any better. This is what we deserve. We're getting what we deserve in life as a partner. Then we end up embracing that and saying, okay, well, this is normal for me. This is what I deserve. I'm not going to do any better. So this is what I'm going to go for. Okay, uh, doctor, we have to go to a break right now, but we're going to come back and uh, pick up the other side of this, which would be crazy chicks, I think, and talk a little bit about that. Okay. So we'll be right back with Dr. Dale Archer. And now back to done being single with married couple and dating ass kickers, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. Okay, we are back with Dr. Dale Archer. Yes. And uh, uh, yeah, I want to ask if uh, this is another little piece of this. Want to hook your nipples up to an electric <laughs> generator? Get a crazy lady on the job. Want to try a threesome? Get yourself a mentally unstable nut. Want round-the-clock hand jobs from a woman dressed in a leather cat suit? Walk right over to the local mental health clinic and ask for the craziest cuckoo clock in the room. Uh, you mean like this? Yes, okay. and we've got that local mental health uh, person right now on the phone with us, Dr. Dale Archer. How are you? I'm good. All right. So, um, oh my gosh, so much more to talk about. Crazy chicks. Um, let's let's go to that. Um, yes, let's talk about crazy chicks. Okay. So, uh, for, okay, I just have to ask about being because um, you said something about drama and childhood, which is. Um, I, I get that. And I want to know how, if you were raised in a chaotic uh, home, how do you break the pattern? How do you um, not find that sexy anymore? I mean, what what's maybe might feel familiar, a familiar kind of dynamic with a, with a woman or a, a man. How does that familiarity go from attractive to repellent? You know, there's so much that goes into it. So you start off with the tumultuous childhood, for whatever reason that may be, alcoholic parent, uh, abusive parent. Um, and as I said, that kind of sets your standard, your thermostat for what becomes normal uh, later in life. However, there are a lot of other things that go into it. As you get older, if you happen to fall into with a more stable friend group, peer group, and you're able to bounce things back and forth with them, and you start realizing, you know what, maybe my view of the world is not not the best, it's not healthy for me, it's not good. Um, if you end up with a mentor or a, a teacher or 
So there are a lot of people that can help reset that thermostat as you go. And I will say that luckily, you know, the maintaining the love of chaos and drama is not the norm. Most of us will eventually outgrow that regardless of where we came from. I mean, obviously not always, but once you start getting older in life and wiser and you've been, you've got the scars and been through the wars and kind of understand what's good, what's bad, what, what works for you, what doesn't, then there is a good chance you would be able to come out. And of course, for those who can't, therapy is always a good option. I mean, to point out to the fact, okay, your behavior is triggered because of how you were raised. And so therefore you see the world this way, why don't we try looking at it in a different way? So I, I think it's important to emphasize that it's not a trap that keeps us there forever. Most people will get out. Whether they're the perpetrator or the victim, they will get out. Um, but obviously for many, it can take years and years and years, and there's a lot of pain, chaos, and and drama that can go into that period of, of time. And often it's the prime years of your life. You know, it's from the late teens all the way up into perhaps your 30s, 40s. So I, uh, I don't know. I, we, know we know people that are still, um, it, we know people in their 60s and beyond that are, that are like professionally successful. They're otherwise smart in their other, in their professional lives. They're stable and I don't know what this is. They just are attracted to this element of crazy. I don't get it. I don't get the disconnect. And and I'll I'll totally agree with that, but I'll say that's not the norm. That's not the, that's not the way most people develop and age and grow. There are a subset who will never get over it. It will always. And when you, when you analyze it, it just breaks down to having very poor insight into who you are and what's good for you and what's bad for you. And insight often comes with age, as wisdom often comes with age, but not for everyone. I mean, some people choose not to look. And there are certainly some people that, I mean, I've had patients who basically go, you know, yeah, Doc, yeah, we've been talking for a year now, and I just realized that. Yeah, I, I do embrace the, the chaotic uh, chick, and that's who I like, and that's who I want. And I know it's not good for me, but you know what? It feels good what's going on, and that's how I want to live my life. And you go, okay, so, good. Well, right, we're done here. And Dr. Archer, do you find that crazy uh, encounters crazy and crazy attracts crazy? Uh, it depends because oftentimes – yeah, I mean, obviously, we're using a generic crazy here. So we're using crazy not in the terms of the psychiatric diagnosis. Right. But in terms of being, um, you know, dysfunctional and chaotic and, and filled with drama. So, um, and, and it depends on the individual because sometimes they do embrace a kindred spirit, but a lot of times the fun part is getting an innocent victim and then dragging them into your web mm. and bringing them through all of the craziness that they never believed existed in the world. So you know, uh, that, uh, that's very individual specific. I'm, um, I'm still thinking about Robbie Stalker, which I, this is the first I'm hearing about it. I didn't know you had a 
You, you had a Glenn Close? Did you have a Glenn Close? No, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but uh, there were elements that made me think it, it could get worse if I didn't kind of nip it in the bud there. Okay. Well, I can tell you as um, someone who prides herself on being sane and stable, um, a bad boy or a an unhealthy toxic situation will turn someone like me into a little nutty. It will. I, I have, you know, not gone overboard, but I can honestly say it's happened to me and I'm like normal. Mm-hmm. So, well, it um, to you, but has it happened to you more than once? What, no, once, once only. Um, yeah, well, yeah, once that's only. The point, though. So you, you basically, it happened to you. You don't know why you, you got involved in it, but then you're able to look at it and go, you know what? I'm going to make sure that never happens again because that was really close to a disaster. Uh, we have a phone caller. I think uh, Reese is on the line. Uh, Reese, are you there? Yes. yes, I am. Hello, Reese. Hi. Look- Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. Uh, What do you have on your mind? Got some good stories? Well, I mean, it depends on what what topic you want to talk about. (laughs) You called us. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We have Dr. Dale Archer on, so uh, go ahead. Let let it rip. Uh, I think that I've been listening to the doctor, uh, who I think is very smart. However, I think what... You may be, what you're not dealing with here is, I think when you're talking about the generic crazy, I think is, you know, I think it's very different if it's, if the person or the woman or the man are 30-something, 40-something, 50-something, or 60-something. I think that, you know, um, what is crazy uh, is very, very determinative of your age bracket. I think it's, um, and I think that, you know, crazy also bleeds into baggage, Okay, uh, and baggage can be crazy. So I'm not, and again, yeah, we're not using the, you know, crazy, not using the psychological terminology. But I think that it is um, um, this sort of conversation about what's a crazy chick, what's a crazy, what's a crazy guy is very, very different depending upon the age, uh, when the age that we're talking about of, of the couple or the person. Why does the crazy change as you get older? The level I think of craziness? the crazy takes on a very, very different um, aspect. I think it takes on very different experiences. Um, I know that I went a little insane recently over a relationship. I went temporarily crazy. Okay, and I think that you know you. It depends on you know what happened, and I think it, it depends on you know what you know crazy. You know, there is, is the crazy as a result of something, or is it just somebody who's mentally unbalanced, you know, is crazy and is dysfunctional, okay, in their daily life? Um, and I think that the older you get, I think that, you know, you're, you know, you can really see this very, very quickly, and you run as fast as you can away. Well, well, yes, but what about people that you know get suckered in, or somehow it's um, get it's a hook? What does it say about them? It says that they're that they're that they're emotionally unbalanced, and maybe they both deserve each other. So, like the rocks in her head fit the holes, and the rocks. Exactly. What is this saying? The rocks. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe rock. it's a codependency. You know, a lot. I. You know. Um, uh, just an experience in terms of dating, I find, and even in relationships, there is this sort of codependency. 
and the codependency uh, can take on, it can, you know, manifest itself, manifest itself in many, many different ways. I mean, it, I mean, the doctors on would know much more about this from a psychological point of view as opposed to I'm coming from an empirical, you know, experience point of view. Okay. Doctor? Well, I, I think it's important that, that we define our terms here. So, you know, when I use the generic term crazy, that's referring to personality dysfunction. We're certainly not using that to refer to someone who's really mentally ill with bipolar schizophrenia or major depressive disorder. So we're, we're, we're taking those disorders out because there you've got a clear-cut psychiatric diagnosis that needs to be evaluated and treated, and it really would be uh, not uh, fair to say that these people are embracing this chaotic lifestyle because they choose it. It's because they've got a psychiatric diagnosis. So that being said, yeah, on the one hand, the we tend to think of younger people as being wild and crazy, and then as you age and mature, that tends to we we tend to uh, grow up and and become responsible. So there is a different bar that would be set as you go through life in terms of where that behavior would be characterized, but. I think the important distinction here is that virtually everyone has been through a chaotic relationship. Again, I think that's an important point to make. We've all been through it once or twice, and we learn from it as we get older that that's not what we want. It's not healthy. It's not good for us. The highs don't justify the lows. The best sex in the world is, I mean, honestly, I'm about to say one red flag that is probably the biggest red flag of all is whenever a patient tells me, it's the best sex I've ever had. That is almost a guaranteed recipe that this relationship is going to crash and burn. So okay. you, you start being able to associate the overall good for you versus the temporary highs that come with these types of individuals, and then you reject that and say it's not worth it. I need something more stable. It's not the way I want to live my life. And then you move on. So, again, there are people that never learn or choose not to learn or choose to embrace this pattern, even though they know that it's not good. They still want to do it. But that's a minority. For the majority of people that have been through something like this, again, it's a one- or two-time deal, and then they're done. However, when they're going through it, it seems like a lifetime to them. Maybe okay. as opposed to using the word crazy, let's use the word whack jobs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Reese, I, I, I'm curious uh, about some of your experiences. Give us a, a story of a whack, whack job that you've been out with. Oh, I've got Keep a number brief. of them. Um, one that comes to mind was uh, on a dating site. Um, I met this nice young lady who was a therapist. Um, for oh. dinner, and okay. I sit down and we're having a That's nice a conversation. And I'm usually, you know, for whatever reason, taking somebody for a dinner because uh, I'm hungry most of the time. And uh, we sit down and we're talking, 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 ordering dinner. And all of a sudden, she just bursts into tears. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what the fuck did I say or do now <laughs> to make this woman start crying? She's like hysterically crying. And I'm going, uh, okay, what's up? And she goes, well, I don't know. I can't do this. 
you know, I just met some guy the other night, and I took him, it was the first date, and I took him back to my house, and before I know what, we're in bed, and I think I'm looking for Mr. Goodbar, and I don't know why I'm even here, and I said, you know, that's awesome, could you pass the salt, okay? So, um, it was like, hysterically crying the whole time. I was so hungry, so I'm going, you know, I'm eating, okay? And, uh, and, and left. I had another situation where, um, I was living under the same roof as my ex, and I, you know, I was sort of, I was internet dating, and I said to this woman, I said, here's the bad news. I said, uh, I'm living under the same roof as my ex. I'm not divorced. I'm temporarily out of work, and I smoke cigarettes. And she says, oh, those are all really good things. I'm going, great. You still want to meet? Yeah, I definitely want to meet. And I said, okay, so where, where do you want to meet me? So she says, I'll meet you at a... Let's come pick me up. And I got I thought that was really weird. So I pick her up, and she's in some crappy little apartment in West L.A. And I'm going, okay. So we go to a bar, start drinking, which I don't really drink. So I'm now getting lit up because I haven't eaten. And before I know, we're at another bar, and we're eating. And um, it's now like it's 1230. You know what? I got to go. I can't do this. So I take her home, and I'm figuring, okay, bye. Would you like to come up? And I'm going, uh, sure. And at this point in time, I don't really drink, and I'm just like, whatever. And I get up there, and she puts on the song Bread. I'm going to make it with you. And before I know it, I'm in bed with her. Um, and um, it's over. We have to have intimacy. Uh, the next day, I'm just texting her, hey, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? I know it was a little crazy. She gets on the phone and starts screaming at me that I'm out of my mind and I can't believe what I did and don't ever call me again and you're you're crazy and you know and you just get these crazy people and of course you just start deleting you just delete everyone um, but there are a number of whack jobs floating around all over the place and you sort of can now it's like I, you know you're there's there's definitely signs of it. Yep. That actually uh, brings, that might be a great more, new website, whackjob.com or something, time. where you can actually, you know, date other wackos. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I mean, they're, they're all like, whack-a, like whack-a-mole? Yeah. Data whack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. That, that's uh, good stories there. Uh, wow. Well, there's yes. more, but I mean, those are the two that are, you know, just to give you an abbreviated version. There's, those are the two that are. And how long are you, are you still seeing her? Am I still single? Oh, am I still <laughs> seeing her? No. Okay. No. Um, are you single? Are you dating yes. right now? Yes. And did this change your way? I don't know. How, how long have you been? Are you long time single? Or are you just uh, well, right, getting uh, been divorced. I've separated for two years. Uh, met a girl on match.com. Had a, we were a girlfriend and boyfriend for like 20 months. And uh, she broke up with me in August. Um, blindsided me. And I deserved to be broken up with anyway. I deserved it. Um, and uh, I melted down. Uh, at some point, we can talk about what all that means. And um, uh, when I was broken up with, we go to dinner, and uh, she pulls out a typed-out list, and she starts going through this list of all the things I didn't didn't do, and why she's breaking up with me. And she had a list, typed-out list, with annotated notes in front of it, and um, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. And then, um, 
then the next six months was serious drama, major. Well, uh, let's ask uh, Dr. Archer, uh, somebody who says that uh, I deserve to be broken up with, what do, what do you say about that? What, what, can be, what can we do for Reese here? Well, <laughs> it uh, sounds like Reese knows himself pretty well. So, um, you know, it, when you say what, what can be done, it really depends on what he wants with his life. So we're basically, we shouldn't pass the judgment, and Reese, you can, you can tell us, but do you want to be single right now? It sounds like you do. No, 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 no. I, I was madly in love with this woman. I didn't realize it until it was a day late and a dollar short. I was too late. And the answer is 100% no. Um, you want to be in a relationship to that? Of course. I mean, because well, I was in love with this woman, and I became, because I really had a loveless marriage, and then all of a sudden you become addicted to the feeling of what love is and, you know, what it means um, and, and what that, the very, very powerful emotion love. And uh, when you have it and it's gone, um, it's almost like a withdrawal, a drug. So you, so you would, you would want to be in a relationship right now, and you're not. What is so? What is your biggest issue that is preventing that from taking place? Your issue. What is it with you? I, I think you, you know, again, you know, and again, just so you know, I'm sixty something, so I'm in a different age bracket. I'm going to be really clear about that. Um, there's nothing that's preventing me other than. You know, you you know when you're meeting women and you're or your boy being fixed up or you're meeting women from online dating. I mean, there's just a certain number of boxes that have to be checked for each different person. And the most important thing that has to happen from day one is you have to have that chemistry and sexual tension. And if you don't, I know. Have well, that, we, right, we know all of that. But if you were analyzing yourself, what is your biggest issue that? would prevent you from being in a relationship. I, I think I'm so gun-shy now that for me to become vulnerable again, um, I, I, it, would be, it would take a lot now for me to really, you know, go all in with someone and be vulnerable based upon what happened to me uh, last year. It would Sounds be like a couple of drinks would help, but... Um, Maybe you should start drinking. <laughs> um, I think we are we're starting to we have to wind it, it down. In, but I I way. want I want some tips from everybody. I want everybody to chime in, Dr. Archer and Reese and yeah, Robbie and me, to give your your tips or your 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 red flags. Um, so go ahead, Dr. Archer. What would be your give us a tip or two on well, uh, I, the situation? Yeah, I, uh, again, I've said it a couple of times, but I think it's worth repeating. Is that Going through a chaotic, uh, drama-filled relationship with a quote-unquote crazy person is a normal part of life that most people will do at least once as they grow up. So the important thing is what you do with it and what you learn from it. So it's not that it should never happen to you. It's probably good that it does happen to most of us so that we can take away the fact that we would never get in that situation again. So as long as you look at it as a learning experience, then most people are going to turn out just fine. Okay. Uh, Robbie, tips? Any tips? Red flags? Uh, I would say uh, to uh, recognize uh, crazy early, if you can. And when you are encountering it in a a mate that you are recently seeing or just dating, uh, question it and uh, don't be afraid to uh, confront it. And uh, and run. 
uh, and get out if you can. That's that's my okay. tip. Reese, advice to your fellow, um, your fellow that, daters. Uh, what the doctor said was one hundred percent right. I think that the tip of the tip of the day is you really just need to really know who you are, what you want, and be able to understand uh, and, and 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 acknowledge and sort of see the writing on the wall. Uh, I mean, there's just certain women. There's just certain. Uh, red flags and things that people do that you just sort of scratch your head and go, uh, WTF. And if you, and if you're saying that to yourself, run for the hills. Okay, okay, I would absolutely agree with that. My tips, red flags, and advice to my fellow daters, female and male, are here are things to look for infrequent or inconsistent communication. Okay, inconsistent availability. And if you're getting mixed signals and mixed messages, uh, you're dealing with, um, you know, someone that could be just either fucking with your head or fucked up themselves and be on the lookout. Okay. All right. So with that said, uh, I want to thank Dr. Archer and Reese. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Dr. Archer can be reached uh, where. Dr. Archer, where can we reach you? Where can people reach you? Uh, My website, drdalearcher.com. That's Excellent. easy. All right. Do you have anything for next week, honey? Um, next week is um, the fear episode okay. with Gay and Katie Hendricks. Wow. Wow, which, that's a big get. Okay. Uh, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Right. Yes. Oh, that's right. Okay. That it was. We were. It was supposed to be a few weeks ago, and it was not aired. But. Um, it is coming, and this is uh, must-hear radio, people, in, in light of what we were just talking about for the last hour. So next week, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Tune in. Be here. Thank you again to our guests. Thank you, guys, Dr. Archer, so much. Reese, thanks for calling in. And uh, we are done being single. We are. And hopefully you are, too. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. See you next week on Done Being Single. 